Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. We're glad you've joined us. Here we go. It's Wednesday night, best night of the week. Let's go. Hey, we're going to dive in. If you're with us online or here in this place, I want to encourage you. Make sure you're taking notes because we believe if you read, you write, and you recite what we discuss right now, God can do amazing things and we're better to retain it. So we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1 this evening. Invite you to join me there. We're looking at verses 12 through 14 right now. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room, they being those apostles, and where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. And all these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers, Jesus' brothers. Tonight, I want to talk to you about this big idea. Wait on God the right way. Wait on God the right way. It is of value and great importance that when you commune with God, your intimacy with God will be dictated a lot of times on your willingness to wait on God. Let's pray this evening for the reading of God's word. If you'll bow your heads with me. Lord, right now we pray that you continue to guide us and lead us. Move here as we look at your word, as we worship you. And may we leave here better than the way we came in. And the best night of the week is happening now. In your great and holy name, we all say, amen. Um, when I uh, first started working out, I would like to go to the gym and I like strength machines, okay? The reason I like strength machines is because I was pretty intimidated of the gym in general. Can anybody relate with me? I mean, you have some big people in there. And then you have some people who are, can be pretty scrawny. And I was one of those guys that I liked the strength machine because they gave you the example on how to do the exercise, okay? But then I also liked the strength machine because if I used it and I couldn't do the weight, it automatically would catch itself so I wouldn't be in trouble. Well, this one particular day, I, I go and I use, I, 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 I'm in my routine and I go over to this particular strength machine and I start to work, and I try to work out, but I notice there's someone who is right there. And I could tell they weren't getting up anytime soon. So I'm like, well, I need to hit this particular muscle group. I'm feeling in the groove. I've been in the gym for two days now, like I'm there. And so I look and turn my attention and I see the bench press. So I'm like, well, I'll go try that. I did it in college. I'm all right. I put the weight on the side of the, on the bar and I, I get on the bench press, and I'm laying down, and, and I go, one rep. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Like, my wife, Brittany's going to like my arms, okay, my chest. Two rep. Oh, yeah, well, I felt it right there. Three rep. Get up halfway. I stop. I'm like, God, something's not working here. The bar starts coming the opposite way back towards my chest. I'm sitting there in the middle of the gym, realizing that I'm in this panic, that I can't get the weight off my chest. So I start to flail my legs. I start to, and I'm trying to push it off. I'm doing everything. I'm starting to like strain my back muscles. 
and I'm trying to get this weight off, and it's not moving. Finally, this big guy, looked like Hulk Hogan, walks over, 26-inch arms, picks up the bar with one hand, puts it on the rack, looks at me and goes, a little too much weight there, huh, son? Talk about an embarrassing time. Never have I felt so belittled. I think a lot of times, I, I, well, I was scratching my head, I was like, a lot of times, I wish that someone would have given me the opportunity to be in that strength machine, but I wasn't willing to wait. I wanted it now. I wanted it to happen now, but I couldn't get it done. So I decided to take measures in my own hands, and the weight comes crashing down. A lot of times in our prayer life and a lot of times in life, in our relationship with God, we try to make things happen on our own accord versus waiting for God. So what happens is we're saying, God, you're not answering my prayers right now. So we get frustrated with him and we say, you must not, you must not care for us. So there becomes this divide in our relationship with him. There becomes this weight that is weighing us down saying, you know, I tried to pray, but God never showed up in time for me. You know, I, I've tried to say, you know what, God, come into my life and work. I tried to do the church thing, and this weight begins to hold us down. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the importance to having a willingness to wait on God the right way, specifically in our prayer life. And tonight, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1, where the apostles give us this perfect example of what it means to wait on God. So the first observation we can make, the essential key step to waiting on God is this. It's choose Jesus' ways over our wants. Jesus' ways over our wants. His ways are more valid and valuable than what we want or desire. In Acts chapter 1 verse 12, it says this, they returned to Jerusalem, the apostles, Jesus's closest friends. Now it's important to understand the context. When we look back in verse 4, it says this, and while they were staying with them, he, or, and while he was staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. There is this understanding of obedience first. There is this understanding that they needed to follow what Jesus put in front of them, the way he placed in front of them versus what they wanted or what they desired. See, we see this. This is what happened where Acts is arguably my favorite book of the Bible because we see the first church start to rise up and we see elements of a healthy church start to be described and shown and declared. See, Jesus was with the disciples for approximately 40 days after he beat and conquered the grave. So there's 40 days that he's going in and out in relationship with them. And then what happens is there's about a 10-day period where Jesus is ascending to heaven, he ascends to heaven, and then there's 10 days where they didn't know what to do, except they got one order, one instruction, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of God the Father, the Holy Spirit. So there's 10 days of questions, of concerns, of we don't know what to do, but we will just obey. I think a lot of times in our spiritual walk with God, we want to do everything but obey 
what Jesus teaches us. I think one of the greatest hindrances in our prayer life, because this is our worship and prayer service, one of the greatest hindrances in our prayer life is we want to pray and we expect God to answer our prayers, but we're not being obedient to the Word of God. So we say, we want favor. God, give me favor. God, I request and desire. You say, if I ask, you'll give it. But God, why aren't you giving it? And and it's almost like someone slides the Bible across. Hey, what's the Bible say? It's, it's, can be illustrated like this. My, my son Bodhi, he's five, so we're going through this obedience thing and uh, teaching him what to do. My relationship, I've noticed this past week, is phenomenal with him whenever he listens to his father. I say, Bodhi, don't go in the street. He doesn't go in the street. I'm like, yeah, man, you want a popsicle? Like, you made me excited. Hey, Bodhi, I need you to help me clean up your room. Will you pick up your clothes, put them in the dirty hamper, or put them in the hamper? Yeah, okay, when he does that, it, it, it makes my heart beat. I'm like, oh, he's listening. He's, he's getting it. But then there's days when I say, Bodie, don't go in the street. He throws the Frisbee in the street, darts in the street. I hear squealing of the, tars, uh, squealing of the cars out there, and my heart beats. What are you doing? You're not listening. Bodie, don't throw the Frisbee. Throws the Frisbee on the roof. It's stuck on the roof. And I get frustrated. So then what happens? Bodie starts to get in timeout. Bodie gets snacks removed. Bodie starts being, hey, I'm like, Bodie, listen to me. Dad's not happy. So it's this idea of understanding that there's favor with the Father when we're obedient to what He says. Life relationship is so much better whenever we listen to the Father, and it spares us a lot of pain and hurt and trial and tough situations. When, when Scripture says, respect and obey your authority, we respect, obey our authority. The disciples were given one instruction from Jesus— Return to Jerusalem. In fact, Jesus' language is very hard. He ordered them is what Acts says. So if you ever ask yourselves what's maybe happening in your prayer life or what's being maybe uh, holding you back, the first place we need to start is, is my life lining up with God's word? Am I doing my best to fulfill what scriptures are in? It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But favor of the Lord comes with obedience to his word. I believe that through and through. And we even see it in scripture with this man by the name of King Saul. King Saul have spoke on him quite a bit lately. And he, his disobedience brought consequences. His disobedience impacted those around him. And sometimes his disobedience even led him down a route in areas that he couldn't fix. We even see this with his, uh, his next man up, his protege, this man by the name of King David. King David was a man after God's own heart. He was recorded in scriptures as one of being the the most influential kings of all of Israel. But there is a defining point when he makes some mistakes and gets in the bath with Bathsheba. Then there's rebellion that follows. Then there's revolts that follows. Then there's people straying away. There's there's a rise up. There's family uh, tension because of disobedience. I would encourage you, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, the first question in your prayer life, the first question in your relationship with God is, am I being obedient to God's word? Now, the disciples, they kind of had a a head start because when they were with Jesus, when Jesus was in front of them presently in, in his humanity, 
They got to see Jesus in a very close proximity. Now they're in their, this 10-day this waiting period of saying, hey, what do we need to do now? Let's just revert back to what we know. Let's obey. That's what Jesus said. Can you imagine these guys? Hey, we don't know what to do. We're going to be walking half a mile. We're going to go back to Jerusalem, and we're going to wait there. 10 days. Like, think about it. Now we're in the time of Amazon Prime where if we don't get our package tomorrow, we're frustrated. These guys, they understand that it's Jesus' ways over our wants. I mean, imagine this. They see Jesus being ascending to heaven and these angels there, one of the most, arguably the greatest picture in all of Scripture. I would go and tell everybody. Where do they go? They listen and they obey. They go to the upper room, which leads us to point number two when it comes to waiting on God. We need to pray in unity and within our faith community. Pray in unity with our faith community. Acts 1 and verses 13 and 14 says this, and when they entered, they went up to the upper room. Now, the upper room, it's a solitary place. It's a privacy-filled place where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew and the list of the disciples, Mary and her colleagues, uh, Jesus' brothers, they prayed in unity with our faith community. I think a lot of times when it comes to our praying life, if we don't see these tangible results, we kind of hold back on the prayer whenever these tangible results aren't being met is the time we need to press the gas and say, I need to pray more. The disciples, all they knew was to obey and to pray. In fact, they even said, hey, I need other people around me to pray for this situation. All they knew is the promise of God was coming, but they didn't know what exactly is the promise of God, what exactly is the Spirit. See, we benefit because we just take about 10 minutes and read Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, and we see the Holy Spirit comes. They're sitting there 10 days, not knowing exactly what to do except be obedient and pray. And I think sometimes we have to take a step back whenever we're looking at the context of Scripture and saying, okay, what do we need to do? What do they do? How do they process? How do they move first? So they went back. They obeyed, and then they prayed. And they prayed things in this situation, in this waiting season. We can infer that in the text, they were saying, Lord, we need your Spirit. Send us your Spirit. Send us your promise. We don't know what that looks like, but we're praying for that. Because that's all they had when we look at verse, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. What's that mean? You'll send us a guide or uh, someone who's a guide and someone who will help. So I would encourage you, whenever you're in your waiting season, whenever you're asking, God, I need you to show up in my life. God, I need you to reveal yourself in my life. I would ask you to do a couple things. Pray the promises of God. Here's a couple for you. Pray for God's provision. We see this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. You might not see the tangible provision in front of you, but you can pray for that provision. It says this, do not worry what you'll eat, what you'll drink. God cares more for you than the birds of the air. And then we pray for God's goodness in our life. Psalms 145, 9, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. They prayed in a waiting season. And then number two, they also did this. They, they prayed together. They prayed together. 
There's power when we pray together. In Matthew 18, 19, and 20, it's not in your notes, but it's here in front of me, and it says this. It says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask, it will be done for them by, the, by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. See, uh, this, this is why we gather. A praying church is a powerful church. That's why Wednesday nights we gather. I'm preaching to the choir here because you, if you've shown up, you understand the importance and the power of prayer and how it can change and impact lives and how it can change the trajectory of a church and a community and a culture. The disciples, they didn't know what to do. They obeyed, they prayed, they asked for the promises of God to come into their life, the promise of the Spirit. And a lot of times, if we're struggling in our prayer life, I would encourage you to do what Pastor Timothy Keller said. He says this. He says, you need to be around prayer. See, prayer is a lot like language. A, a, a lot, a, it, it's a lot like learning to speak. None of us in this room probably have learned or remember the time we've learned to speak or, or talk. It just kind of came about, right? It's, you've heard a couple words. You've heard sounds. You see, uh, it's in my season right now with my children where they hear sounds. They start with one word. They start with a short sentence. They start to put together a whole tangible thought, uh, an articulated thought, and they just kind of grow into the process. See, our prayer life is very much like that. It's being around prayer. It's listening to others pray. It's starting small and letting that prayer life grow. So if you're in here and saying, I struggle with prayer because it's, it's boring. I don't hear anything. It's quiet. I want to encourage you, keep pressing the gas. Keep praying. Pray in unity. If it's you and your spouse, if it's you and a friend, say, hey, will you help me pray? Because prayer is the power that changes things. And the disciples are saying that. When they didn't know what to expect, what they do, they prayed. And I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, if you don't know what to do, how is your prayer life? Are you praying? My father, whenever I would go through something uh, big, the first question he asked me, have you been praying about it? So you know what I do with team members and staff members or other guys? I'm like, how's your prayer life? Have you been praying about it? Well, and I'm like, start there. Start what the first church did. Number three, when it comes to waiting on God, specifically when we're addressing our prayer life, is this. We need to pursue productivity over activity. Productivity over activity. Acts chapter 1, verses 24 and 26. And we're going to kind of skip ahead. So let me just fill in the gap right there. So they're up in the upper room. And what happens is this. They are obeying God. They return to Jerusalem. They meet in the upper room, the, the solitary room, the private room. And then they don't know what to do. So they start praying. They're in this posture of prayer. It's 10 days go by. And then they realize they need to meet a need. They see a need. They meet a need. They're down a man. They had 11 guys. Remember Judas, this guy betrayed Jesus, sold him for some change. He, he betrayed him. And so these 11 apostles, they say, we need to elect, in, in other words, well, excuse me, cast lots for his replacement. Not elect, cast lots. 
And so they pray, Lord, have your hand upon this situation, and this is what goes on. And they prayed and said, you, Lord, you know the hearts of all who show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in the ministry of the apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles." So they're in this 10-day waiting period. God's promise hasn't showed up exactly yet. They're waiting, they obeyed, they prayed, and then they were productive. They saw a need, they met a need. For a lot of us, we confuse saying, hey, you know, I'm gonna wait, but that means we sit on our hands and we wait. Well, I'm waiting on the Lord, what are you doing? Well, I'm just working my job, I'm just waiting on the Lord. There's a lot of times we need to evaluate what's happening and how God is able to speak to us by the productivity and not just the activity. Here's the difference between productivity and activity. Activity says this, I prayed 10 minutes, I'm a good Christian. You check the box. Productivity says, I prayed and I desired intimacy with God. Activity says, I went to church productivity says, I get to go to church, I get to serve my church, I get to give to my church, I get to build friendships at my church, I get to love my church, and I get to love my pastors of my church. Activity says, I did the task because someone asked me. Productivity says, I did the task before I was asked. See, notice the disciples, they didn't just sit and wait. They obeyed, they prayed, and they saw a need and they met a need. Church, if we're to make a difference in this community, in this culture that is in so desperate need of a difference made for the greater goodness of God's love, it begins with obedience to his word. It begins with prayer. And it also begins with, hey, let's step up. And that's shortly after the Holy Spirit falls on the upper room and just Uh, 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 and and supernatural experience and the church grows and grows and grows. This is the first church right here. And I I just can't imagine those disciples are sitting there and they were waiting for 10 days, not knowing what to expect. They're saying, Lord, hear my prayer. Hear our prayer. See, I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, if you're online, here in the house, whatever you're going through, I want to encourage you, follow the examples that the disciples, that the first church lays for us. See, Jesus promised the Spirit to his followers in John 14, verses 15 and 17, says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, obedience, and he will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, this is prayer, to be with you forever even in the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. See, my prayer, my encouragement is this, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, that you cry out to God, God, hear my prayer. I might be waiting for you, but may I be obedient. May I pray earnestly and may I be productive. And then God gives them the Spirit. He gives us the Spirit when we begin a relationship with Him through Jesus. When we receive His Spirit, His Spirit guides us. His Spirit teaches us. His Spirit convicts us. His Spirit develops our character. See, when we gather here in our, our, our midweek service, I don't take it lightly. I, I honestly believe that this is the most important service 
week night of the week. Because this is where we pray. This is where we look at God's word and we say, God, move in our life. May we grow more intimate with you. May we know you face to face. So I'm gonna close in prayer. I just wanna encourage you, no matter what you face, no matter what is going on in life, evaluate your heart and your mind. Am I, am I living in obedience? Or there's some things I need, to, I need to shape up. God, I want you to hear my prayer. But first, let me be obedient. God, and then when I don't know what to do, can I pray? Like, give, give me the strength to pray. Help me in, be here. Who do you need to invite? Who do we need to bring alongside us? Pray with me, man. Pray with me, sister. And then there's probably something we can be productive in, not just active, not just busy bodies, but what can we be productive in? Join me in prayer as we close tonight. Lord, right now, as we are encouraged by your word in Acts chapter one from the very first church, I pray that you minister to our hearts and as we leave here better than the way we came in. Lord, I pray for a church that is passionate about being obedient to your word. God, I I pray for a church body, for individuals here that are passionate about prayer. God, right now, I also pray for a church that doesn't just want to wait back, but a church that wants to be productive. And God, when we say church, we mean us, because we know that this is a building, but you have called us to minister to a community and a culture that is in desperate need. So Lord, I pray for the saints that are in this place. I pray that you protect them. I pray that you guide them. I pray that you lead them. And I pray that you continue to minister to each and every person listening right now. In your great and holy name, we all say, Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.